on, I want to hear your worship. Come on, let your worship saturate the atmosphere. We pray for you tonight. Oh, God. Oh, God. Comments, and wow, you were letting me know how your Christmas was and how your New Year, how your New Year's were was. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you know that mine was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's such a blessing to be able to spend time with family. You know, the holiday season is something that my family knows I look forward to because all year long, you know, you're going, you're going, you're, you're, you're doing things in ministry. And then you're having to, you're having to do things, you know, at home, you're having to do things with your children. And how many of you know that at the end of the day, that can be extremely taxing on your body. Now, let me see Miss Carmelita. She said, I, she said, I had a wonderful Christmas and new year, truly grateful to be with my family. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, I'm, isn't it lovely to be able to be around family? That's such a blessing. Glad you had a wonderful time. Yes, I did. And so I definitely look forward um, to the end of the year because that's my time to chill out. I don't do anything else, y'all, besides cook, eat, and relax. I think that that's so imperative. Um, you know, some people, they get their relaxing relaxation by, you know, going to different people's houses and hanging out. That ain't me. And if you don't want me to be grumpy, you will pro it will probably be best if you just leave me be, you know, and let me do my thing. And so it was just so nice to be able to hang out with my children, to be able to laugh and play. I was really kind of sad that they had to go back yesterday because we had so much fun. And so um, it is what it is until next time. And so I just love family. But again, I'm so happy uh, to be back. Uh, my mama said Christmas was real Christmas. Jesus was made even more revealed. Wow. Ain't that the truth? Yes, he yes, he was for sure. And um, if you guys didn't know, if you didn't read my post this morning, this is season three, you guys. We are kicking off season three. Uh, it has been such a great year. The first season, I kind of broke it up a bit um, in one particular, I think I did, like I halved it up uh, every, and, and I halved it up in six months intervals in the first season. And then in the second season, I said, you know what, just go ahead and let it play all the way through the entire year. And so I am saying all that to say, thank you for those of you that have supported uh, me throughout the entire season too. Thank you so much. Every time that you hit that share button, every time that you watched the podcast, that you downloaded the podcast, I mean, we saw more downloads come through uh, for the podcast in season two than what we've ever seen. And so I am just so very thankful for that. I'm thankful for you as well for your continual support. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Wednesdays are for women. We've gotten a hold of some t-shirts, you guys. And so I always tell people that if you want a t-shirt, just let me know and we can make it do what it do. Uh, the cost of the t-shirts are 
are $35. But if you wear a larger size, some of us, we wear larger sizes, the cost will be $40. And so, um, you know, for those of you that have already purchased one, definitely, I am so thankful for your support. Yeah, Miss Carmelita, she says, I love my shirt. Pastor Terry Berkeley is here. She says, Happy New Year and God's blessing upon each and every one of you and your families. 365 days till next Christmas. I know. Tell me about it. And here's the thing. It's going to be here before you know it. We're going to turn around and we're going to be celebrating my birthday coming up in April. And then normally after April, I, at least this is how I look at it. After April, the year normally takes off from there. And so um, I'm definitely looking forward to what 2024 has in store. Is anybody else in expectation? for some big things in the year of 2024. If you're in expectation, go ahead and write in the comment section. Let me know what you're expecting. What are you believing God for? What do you see God doing in your life this year? Only reason why I'm saying do this is because there is something about decreeing a thing. The Bible says that we hold so much power in our mouths that when, what, when we speak something, Something, we can either speak life to the situation or we can speak death to the situation. And so whatever it is that you are believing God for, whatever it is that you want to see, this is the moment to really do it. And the reason why, you know, a lot of times you'll hear your pastor talking about uh, making uh, whether if it's a new year res resolution, I don't really believe in that, but if it's, you know, making a new year resolution, uh, making a vision board, writing out your vision, it's imperative that you do it at the beginning of the year. Why is that? Because how you enter a thing is how you will end a thing or how you will exit a thing. If you enter it uh, with expectation, if you enter it with faith and believing that God is going to do something great, if you enter it uh, already establishing order, already putting, setting your goals and writing things out and, and, and make and setting up or getting together with individuals that are going to keep you accountable. That is imperative. And we're probably going to end up touching on that today, but it is imperative that you surround yourself with individuals that will keep you accountable. They will hear what it is that you are wanting to do and they will remind you every time, hey, have you started working on that thing yet? Have you looked into that thing yet? These individuals, they it is very necessary. They might be irritating sometimes because it, let's be honest, every day you don't always feel like doing it. Some days you, some days you just want to just give up and you just want to crawl into a hole and just remain there. And um, that's normal. That's normally how it is. We know that when you set out to begin to start doing what God has called for you to do, of course, we know that there is always going to be uh, some type of fight. There is always going to be some type of some setbacks that are going to be thrown your way. This is just how it is. There's no escaping it. But um, every day you have to wake up with some type of determination that you're going to get it done or else you'll end the year 
saying the same stuff. You'll end the year not seeing anything, not having accomplished anything. That's just the way that it goes. I don't know. <clears throat> where we get this concept from that if we spin around three times or, you know, if we put a bunch of seed in the ground or if we shout till our till there's no more voice left in us, that everything is just going to magically happen. That's not the way that it works, y'all. The way that it works is you shout and then you spin and then you attach a command to that. And I often tell people that I can lay hands on you all day. You can come to every prayer line that I set up throughout the entire year. But what changes your season is a person. A person is what will shift your season, not necessarily a shout. Come on, I'm gonna mess with your theology just a little bit. This wasn't where I was planning on going, but let's just go ahead and go there. And definitely a big shout out to those of you that are tuning in from around the world through the lovely Fishbowl Radio Network. And a big shout out to our CEO and founder, uh, Miss Sammy G. And so, you know, let me mess with your theology a little bit. You can spin and you can shout, you can spin till you develop vertigo and everything is, is uh, the walls are spinning around you. That spin is not going to shift your season. Come on, let me talk. Because unfortunately, a lot of people in the church have become very lazy and we want God to do it all, but God has given you authority. And one thing that we have, one thing that we have said and, and, and what is happening prophetically in the realm of the spirit is literally when 2020 dropped, we entered into 10 years of dominion. We entered into 10 years of subduing. We entered into 10 years of the open mouth or the open door. And so every everything that we are going to see happen, it has to do with something opening up that we that, that that's never been opened before. And so of course you can expect the enemy to try to come back and try to shut everything down that we are trying to open. That's the reason why your business closed. It was not because you weren't a good businesswoman or you weren't a good businessman. It was simply because the enemy will always try to come back in and he will try to sabotage or he will try to pervert what God has spoken. God says it's going to open. The enemy will turn around and say, no, it's going to close. But then what the the enemy does not expect to happen. He never expects you to come back. He never expects you to get up. He expects you to stay down. Look, for some of you, you might be experiencing a bit of a setback. You might be experiencing, experiencing some letdowns, but let me tell you something. From now until 2030, everything before you, it has to open. That's what the realm of the spirit is screaming. That's what the realm of the spirit is saying for God's people. It is saying that it is open for you. And so what does God do in moments like these? He causes you to do stuff. He causes you to do stuff that the world might be saying it's not time for. God will say, no, get up and do it now. 
Get up and start preparing for it now. But God, you know, the economy ain't ready for it. Get up and do it now. I remember there was a woman that uh, had come to, I don't know if it was to our church or if it was uh, some type of... um conference that we were, we were having. I can't remember, but we had asked for, it was, uh, we had asked for, uh, people to just step out on faith and give an offering. And, um, she had sown a particular seed and I began to start prophesying to her that her house was going to sell. Now I had no clue that she even had a house. Neither did I have a clue that she, that she had put her house on the market. And it was during the time where houses were not selling that it just wasn't happening you had a better chance of renting your house than you did of selling your house well she put a seed in the ground and she stepped out on faith and she put her house on the market come on that's what we mean by when we say faith without works is dead you can sow all you want but until you follow a command nothing will ever change for you it will remain the same. Come on, I'm talking to some of you that's got thousands of seeds in the ground, but you have not seen anything shift. My question to you will be, what did God speak to you after you sowed the seed? What was the command that he gave to you? Because it is imperative that you obey that command because that's where you're going to see your harvest come from. It comes from up off of the command. It does not come necessarily from off of you doing, from off of you uh, stepping out on faith and just doing something or for, it doesn't come necessarily from the instruction. It comes from the command that comes after the instruction. And so, you know, this woman, she put this seed in the ground. She stepped out on faith, began to put her house on the market. And she came back and she said, my house sold and it sold for the amount that you told me that it would sell for. Now, let me tell you something. I didn't make that happen. I wasn't the one that caused that to happen. Her faith caused it to happen. Come on, let me talk to somebody and let you know that if you do not obey the instructions or obey the commands that God is going to talk to you about this year, you are going to end up, you're going to end this year the same way that you ended last year and you're going to end it empty handed. And let me tell you something. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said it, shall he not make it good? In other words, God is not going to tell you something and then renege on that promise. He's not going to tell you that he's going to do something and then go back on it and say, oh, I changed my mind. That's not how God works. When God speaks it, the Bible says, his word will not return unto him void, but it shall accomplish that which he pleases and it will prosper in the thing whereto he sent it. In other words, his word, it will return back to him, but it will return back to him having been accomplished what he sent it to do. It will not return back to him void. It will not return back to him uh, having not done anything. And so <clears throat> let me dress back for a second because I started to say something and I feel a, an anointing on this. Let me get a quick sip of water. Y'all like my cup? My son gave me this cup for Christmas. Bless my heart. 
It's not a Stanley cup. Some of y'all got Stanley cups. I don't even know. I ain't even know that that existed, but I like my cup. And so I started to say a moment ago that it's not the laying of hands that shifts your season. It's not uh, you um, standing in line and being and and you know and and receiving a prophecy. It is a person. God will send a person in your life that carries an instruction on their mouth. Now in their mouth. This is what happens the majority of the time. That person comes with an instruction that we don't like. Let me prove it to you in the word. This is, there is nothing new under the sun, y'all. This kind of stuff has been happening for years and it will continue to happen for years because we as men, we have wheels at the end of the day. We have a wheel at the end of the day. And so God is not going to make anything happen for you. It all rests upon your obedience. The Bible says there was a man by the name of Naaman. Naaman had leprosy. Naaman wanted to be healed of his leprosy. Naaman did not know that there was a, a, a prophet that knew that knew of a God that could that had the ability to heal. He didn't know nothing about that. So Naaman, you know, he he began to start uh, uh, seeking out a different way on how he could get healed. The Bible says that the king at the time knew of Elijah and the Bible says that Elijah, the, the Bible doesn't even say that the king told Elijah. The Bible says that the spirit of God told Elijah what was going on. And Elijah said to the king, hey, don't you know who I am? <clears throat> don't you know the, of the God that I serve and this God is able to bring healing? The Bible says that Naaman was told to go to Elijah. Elijah's going to have your answer in his mouth. What is God doing? God is getting ready to shift his season. He went through a season of infirmity. Come on. Some of you have been walking through seasons of infirmity. God was getting ready to shift name and season and bring him from infirmity into complete healing. The Bible says he goes to Elijah. Elijah says to him, this is what I want you to do. Go and dip yourself seven times in the river Jordan. Now, if you know anything about the river Jordan, it is dirty water. But the River Jordan is very famous. This is the same river. I believe it was Elisha, but anyway, it don't matter. This is the same river that Elijah crossed over before he was taken up in the whirlwind. This is the same river that Joshua crossed over right when he got his command to lead the people after Moses died. This is the same river that Jesus was back. Baptized in. Okay, this was a very important river, but it was dirty. Naaman, knowing and understanding that this river is dirty, Naaman said, Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to dip in the Jordan River. We, we ain't going to do that. And Naaman began to start complaining about his instruction. Come on, I want to help somebody on today. 
I want to I want to get somebody to a place where they see the manifestation. I want somebody's eyes to come open so that you can understand why the manifestation has not been taking place. The Bible says Naaman complained and the longer that he complained, the longer he remained in his situation. Come on, let me tell somebody the longer that you make excuses, the longer that you complain and you not listen to your instruction, that's the longer that you will remain in your situation. Come on. The Bible says that Naaman, he said, how come he couldn't tell me to go dip in this river? It's much cleaner. How come he couldn't send me over here? And the Bible says that one of his men said to him, if you would have done it by now, your situation would be, you would, you would be out of this. You would be healed. If he would have told you to go dip anywhere else, you would have been up out of this, but that was not the instruction. The instruction was go dip in the Jordan river seven times. Naaman came back to himself and he said, okay, this is yucky. This is dirty. But God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. The Bible says that Naaman, he went and he obeyed the instruction and instantly he was healed. But that here's the thing. God did not just give him regular adult skin. The Bible says that his skin was baby soft. It was like newborn baby skin. Come on, for some of you on today, there is a new season that God is ready to bring you into. God is ready to bring you into bigger places, but you are holding on to things that should not go with you into your nets. Some of you, God has been giving you the instruction on how to get to your new, but you refuse to do it because it's not what you are used to. Can I just tell you this? This is where I'm going to be going in this season. Can I tell you this? When God says that he's going to do a new thing, Clear out your mind of everything that you've seen God do before. Let that go because what he is getting ready to do, you've never seen it. And so your mind cannot comprehend the word new because we only know what we, we only know what we're used to. And so when we hear God say that he's going to do a new thing, we come up with what that new is going to look like. And what happens is God shows up with the new thing, but because it's not what we thought that it was going to look like, we dismiss it. And we end up missing a thing because we as humans, we cannot understand fully what new means. Come on, for some of you, God wants you to let go of what you have seen before in the past, because what God is getting ready to do is nothing like you've ever seen before. That's it, Mr. Silva. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. I have been holding on to that scripture uh, since we've been on holiday break. God's been dealing with me about this thing because this is what we do as human beings. We look for what we're familiar with. 
The Bible says the reason why so many people <clears throat> could not believe that Jesus was the Messiah was because they thought that the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that Isaiah prophesied about, they already summed up in their mind what he was going to look like. They they thought that he was going to look a certain way and he was going to come from royalty and he was going to he was going to act a certain way. And so when Jesus stepped on the scene, they could not recognize this new thing because they had already summed up in their mind that this is what the new king is going to look like, because this is what we're used to. This is what kings have looked like before. Jesus steps on the scene and the first thing that they could not understand is the fact that he was born in the hood. How can a king possibly come from the ghetto? This don't make no sense. Already my mind, my mind cannot understand this concept because the king.